From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Way back in 2000, Donald Trump famously told Fortune magazine that he could be the first presidential candidate to run and make money on it. Fifteen years later, he announced he was running for office, and during the course of his campaign, he did mix his business with politics. Unlike any other candidate in modern history, Donald Trump is using his businesses for his campaign. His headquarters is at Trump Tower. Press conferences are often at Trump properties. But now that he is president, it might be a different story. A report from Forbes magazine concludes that being president has not enriched Trump. In fact, since entering the White House, Trump's fortune has dropped. His net worth is down more than a billion dollars since 2015. Dan Alexander and his colleagues at Forbes reported this story. Dan, good morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. So how long have you been tracking Trump's wealth? Well, Forbes has been tracking it since 1982, and Donald Trump and his father, Fred Trump, were on it with a split fortune. So that's nice because we have 30-some years of history. I personally started on it once he was elected, diving into the old files that we have and then calling up a million additional people to make it stronger. So what accounts for the majority of the drop in value? Is it at the condos you're talking about in New York City or the golf courses across the country and in other parts of the world? So there are a couple of different factors here, some of which are market forces, some of which are reporting forces, and some of which are what's the presidential effect. And so if we look just at the presidential effect, the biggest things are this golf property, Doral, which is a resort down in Florida. It had done as much in revenues as basically all of his other U.S. courses combined. So this is really the big one for him. And revenues down at Doral uh, have dropped significantly. That means that if somebody were to buy the course tomorrow, they would probably pay a significantly lower price, and therefore Donald Trump is worth a lot less. So that's sort of one big factor. The condos, there are so many of them. He owns almost 500 homes, basically, all over. And so if you aggregate that all into one, and particularly if you look in the places where he's not popular, that's another big hit. You're looking at about $50 million there. And then the licensing stuff, we valued that at about $26 million in 2015. Now it's down to $3 million. So it's basically almost entirely evaporated. And when you say licensing, that's his brand, his name? The brand plays into all different parts of it, which is kind of interesting. So when I say licensing, that's strictly branding business. So for instance, when somebody pays him to make Trump stakes or to make Trump ties or even to put his name on a urine test. You got paid for all of that stuff, and now companies are less willing to do that. Is it that he's less wealthy since he got elected or that we just have a better understanding of his finances? Well, it's both. Part of that is because now he has to file a lot of financial information, and before he would tell financial information, but the information that he told doesn't really line up with what now he's filing with the federal government. So that's certainly part of it. But look, when you spend as much time calling up a couple hundred people to figure out somebody's fortune, you can get a much more precise number. Now, you traced his money in specific properties here in New York, like the Trump Tower in Midtown. Walk me through what you found out about that building. So the Trump Tower, this is his most famous, iconic property. It it was his home for years. You walk inside, and it's not what it once was. This was a place that when it opened was razzle-dazzle luxury. You know, there's a pianist sitting in the front lobby, and there's beautiful trees inside, and there were like over 50 tenants. A real indoor mall where the richest of the rich would come to shop, And those who weren't the richest of the rich would come to gawk at them. So, you know, sort of an amazing place. Now you walk in and most of all the retail tenants are gone. And what's left is you've got a big Gucci store. You've got a small Starbucks upstairs. 
And then you've just got a bunch of little shops that are all Trump stores. So Trump ice cream and Trump cafe and Trump bar and Trump grill. It doesn't seem like Trump pays himself rent for any of those. And so really you have almost an empty place, this empty cavernous monument to Donald Trump. And then up top, he sold most of the condos over the years, but he still owns the penthouse. So that helps. But at the same time that you've got that presidential provenance playing in, you also have values of condos in the rest of the building dropping significantly. I mean, I'm talking about like 33% since 2015. So that has a drag down effect on the building. Some of your reporting might come as a surprise to people, especially who are critical of the president, because what they see is him spending a lot of time in his properties, especially in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. He talks up his properties at press conferences and other events. So what is not working here? Why is he not making money? Well, he's not getting poor for lack of trying. Okay, he's showing up at all of his properties. You know, he's promoting Mar-a-Lago, turning it into the quote-unquote winter White House. And in some of those properties, that works. Mar-a-Lago is an example of that. Mar-a-Lago is now one of the most famous places in the world. If you had asked somebody on the street two years ago, nobody would have known what Mar-a-Lago is. That means that you potentially just expanded your pool of buyers. And what rich guy wouldn't want to say, hey, I own Mar-a-Lago now. Whereas before, they would have said, well, what the heck is Mar-a-Lago? So it helps there. But then if you look at the rest of the properties, he owns a lot of different assets. And many of them are not as prominent, not as famous. So I'm talking about garage space in New York City, random condos and buildings with his name on it. Those sorts of things aren't more famous now. And if you're a wealthy person in New York... There are a lot of buildings to pick from. Do you really want to pick a building where you're going to offend half the people that you invite over? Where is he making money since he's become president? So the two big places are one at the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., and two at Mar-a-Lago. Now, there's a third component that's really interesting, and that's that Donald Trump's campaign, which he had put money into when he first ran, he stopped putting money into it after he was elected, but he immediately took the unusual step of launching a re-election campaign. And he hasn't put any more money into that. But at the same time, that campaign has continued paying his own properties. So the net effect is you have a re-election campaign raising money from all these people all over the country. And then some of that money is going to the president of the United States, who, by the way, is worth $3.1 billion and probably doesn't need the extra million. When Trump won the election, he announced that he wouldn't give up his company and that instead he'd turn over the day-to-day management to his two sons. If you put aside the conflict of interest question, and that's a really big one there, from a financial point of view, was that a good decision? No. I mean, if he had just sold all of his stuff, even if he sold it at lower prices than he could have gotten, you know, if he waited some time out, and even if he had paid full capital gains taxes on the value of all of his assets, which you don't do, you know, so even if you give him every benefit of the doubt, he would be worth $500 million more now had he gotten rid of everything than he is today. And he wouldn't have had to deal with all this nonsense over the last couple of years. Eric Trump, who co-manages the Trump Organization, told Forbes, My father made a tremendous sacrifice when he left a company that he spent his entire life building to go into politics. Everything he does now is for the good of the American people. Dan Alexander is a staff writer at Forbes magazine. Dan, thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC. 